Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hormone Helper Podcast. I'm Coach Andrew, your Hormone Helper from Fit for All Fitness. I personally coach over 1,600 men and women to help better understand their hormones so they can lose weight and get their metabolism back on track. With this podcast, you're going to hear from me and my special guests about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss, and we even talk a little bit of sexy time as we chat to spread more knowledge thick like butter on your hormones. If you're ready to learn, I'm ready to share, so let's do this. All right, everyone, we are back with another episode for today. In this episode, I've actually decided to do something a little bit different as opposed to running our traditional informational powwow that we do. So after having such a great response to a live training I did literally two days ago, I've decided to share the training in its entirety, everything, the questions and everything that's involved today on the podcast. So here's what you're going to be listening today. It's a live training that I recorded on pre and postnatal hormones, what changes during those periods, so how those hormones affect you in a pre and postnatal state, and how I make adjustments as a coach to bring those hormones back to normal using food. So if you want the slides for the presentation, just let me know via my contact info that's in the show notes and ask for the pre and postnatal hormones presentation and I'll give you those slides. Before we dive into the training, however, I want to let you know that I do live trainings like these all the time. My next one is actually September 28th. That's going to be in two weeks where I go through how to lose your first 10 pounds naturally using food. So if you want to be a part of this training and get your questions answered live with me, then just check out the show notes and click the Eventbrite link to register. From there, it's going to send you the Zoom details and the info you need for that training. This training, it is going to be free, but there are only 30 spots as I want to make sure that I can answer everyone's specific questions and give everyone the support that they need. So if you're at the point where you're hopping from diet to diet and maybe exercise is no longer working for your weight loss, then you've got to check out this September 28th one so that way you can get some support. So right now we are going to dive into this week's training. Hi, nice to see everyone. We're waiting for a few more people, but we'll slowly get started. We um, are very much looking forward, mainly Andrew is uh, looking forward to telling you a little bit about hormones because um, in my field as a doula, I noticed so many women had um, questions about the change in hormones, the change in weight, weight gain, weight loss and all that during pregnancy after birth. And then I met Andrew six months ago, maybe, and he's like the perfect guy to talk about hormones because he has this good mix of knowing about nutrition and hormones and movement and exercise and just kind of mental balance. Um, So we thought it would be really, really helpful for you to learn a little bit more. And you're welcome to put questions into the chat, which will be addressed either while Andrew is talking about certain topics or at the end, we have a few minutes as well to ask any kind of questions that are um, coming up for you. Okay, I'll hand it over to Andrew. Excellent. Uh, Hello, everybody. Thanks for for attending today's uh, little pre and postnatal talk, which is really exciting. Uh, I appreciate obviously Stephanie for having me on here. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff to go through about nine months worth of stuff exactly. But uh, in all seriousness, like hormones is something that I feel uh, a lot of doctors don't really 
put a big emphasis on. Um, but I'm hoping that through today's topic, essentially, we can help educate you so that way you can uh, make some better decisions uh, and just be have some more knowledge on uh, on yourself and uh, and understand where you're going to go with that. So uh, just check in, Stephanie. You can see my uh, yeah. slides. Okay. Okay. Yes. Amazing. So. Uh, excellent. Before we start going into, I want to give kind of a, a little bit of a summary on me and uh, why I focus so much on hormones, especially as a male. I know I get a ton of that, like, uh, you're not exactly uh, a mom type category, but that is all good. So essentially, my name is Andrew Costa, and I basically operate a company called Fit for All Fitness. So we specialize in helping mid-age women basically through any hormone transition. So pre and postnatal, pre and postmenopause, or conditions that might affect someone's metabolism, like hyper or hypothyroidism. I've been in the industry for about eight years now, uh, and I got into hormones specifically because my hormones were damaged in the past. So I had to go uh, undergo hormone therapy after radiation treatment. So that was chemo. Uh, and that left me with chronically low adrenals and low testosterone. So the struggle for me from a hormonal perspective wasn't actually going through radiation like most people would think. My struggle was actually after I left the hospital. So once they released me, there really was no support for me to get back to the way I was before. And I had to learn all by myself. I had to go to naturopaths. I had to go to endocrinologists, understand how to eat right for my body type, and ultimately go back to school so that way I can understand how to fix my hormones. Hormones is something that you may get a blood work once or twice in your life, uh, hopefully more than that. But a doctor will look at it, and if you're within a general range, they just say, hey, you're good to go. And they don't really talk anything else about that. But really what my goal is today is to help you ladies understand essentially the basics of how hormones work, which hormones are active and present during pregnancy, and really what you can do to help your journey both pre and postnatal. So uh, don't worry about grabbing my details above. I'll, I'll drop them later as, as well too. Uh, but along this, I encourage you guys to drop any questions in the, uh, in the chat. Stephanie will notify me if there's anyone's there. Um, or you can save your questions at the end and we can go through them together. So either, either works. So what are hormones and do you have them? Yes, you have them. Everybody has hormones and hormones are basically a substance that's made by your body to either stimulate a specific cell or to get some type of a tissue to do something. So I like to explain to people, it acts as kind of like a switch, like you'll see on that railway track there, or it acts as a driver. So from a switch perspective, a hormone might change the direction or change the way that something operates in your body or like a driver, it's going to steer a specific path and it's going to help navigate a course within your system. So that is how hormones genuinely affect the body. From your body system, there's over 50 hormones that the body makes. Um, and we're not going to go through all of the hormones today. We're going to talk about obviously the ones related to pre and post pregnancy, but I want to talk to you about where these hormones actually come from. So everybody has the same main systems that create the hormones throughout the body. You have your pituitary gland. So that's found right in the center of your forehead. Um, that's responsible for basically your, your main actuation of hormones. You have your thyroid gland that sits right at the front of your throat, the little butterfly shaped gland there. You have your adrenal glands. So those are two small little triangle shaped glands that sit on top of your kidneys. You have your liver, 
that's uh, responsible for creating hormones and processing hormones. And then of course you have your ovaries and testicles, depending on whether you're male or female. So these are the main hormones that essentially govern metabolic function, and they're going to be responsible for governing what kind of function you're having through your pre and postnatal system as well. In terms of the benefits of having balanced hormones, Many of you might be like, well, I've never had issues with my hormones before. I've never looked at them before. Why should I? Well, hormones have a lot of basic functions, but really it's about making sure that your body is stable through pregnancy and your body becomes stable after pregnancy. So for example, managing weight. So your hormones are responsible for managing how much weight comes on and comes off after your pregnancy. It's going to help with your energy usage and your energy maintenance. From a quality of life perspective, hormones are used to promote deeper sleep, increase steady energy. They're responsible for your lean and muscle tissue development from a structural perspective and really the main systems of how your body functions. So any type of tissue, any type of bone that's created, uh, the pre-construction of your baby. So as your fetus is developing within you. And then your hormones are also going to be responsible for how much or what the quality of nutrients are that are being fed to your baby. So there's a lot of benefits to having healthy and stable hormones. And this is why we're going to go through hormones today. I'm going to pose a question to all of you as we talk about what I like to call the house of hormones. I try to keep my examples really realistic. So it's, it's easy to understand. So in your house of hormones, I want you to think about your house at home that you're living in right now. There's three basic systems that run in for your house to function. Does anyone know what those systems are? So if you want, you can drop in the chat and I want you to think at a really base level, what does everyone need in their house for them to be able to function? I'll, I'll give you guys a few seconds to drop some stuff in the chat. This, by the way, is going to be interactive, so feel free to drop anything as, as you go along. Uh -oh. And Stephanie, if you can let me know, because I actually can't see the chat on, on here if there's, uh, if there's any. So far, um, people are quiet. Okay. So if you're <laughs> quiet, then that means you must need to know. Good water, someone says. <laughs> uh, good water. Okay. So, Food. Okay. So Heat, from I the water... Say. From a water perspective, hey, Stephanie's got one. Perfect heat. Uh, so, uh, Harris, you've got one that's close. So, for water, you need plumbing. And plumbing is a good one. Uh, and the final one is electrical. So, essentially, these are the main systems that everybody has in their house. They have electrical. So, that system is run by your panel in your house. Uh, you have your heating and cooling, which is run by your thermostat slash furnace. And you've got your plumbing, and that's kind of a standalone system, that, but it's responsible for the water in your home as well, too. So for each one of these systems, we're going to connect the body part to it, and you can start to understand better how your hormones operate. So from your electrical panel, your electrical panel is essentially your brain. So it reads how much your hormones ask for and need, and then it either improves your body to put out that power or to put out those hormones accordingly. So if you think about it, all of your panels have a little meter, an electrical meter that's at home. It reads what your usage is. And then it's the panel's responsibility to say, do they need more power or do they need less power? 
And in our case, from a hormone perspective, your pituitary glands taking a look at those hormones and it's saying, do I need to make more or do I need to make less hormones? What am I seeing and how much is my output that I need to put for this body to function correctly? The second is going to be your heating and your cooling. So we're going to connect that to your thyroid. So in your house, your furnace is responsible for creating heat and it's responsible for cycling air through the entire house and your thermostat or like the kind of nest style thing. Now that's what people have. Um, that's basically the input and output that you can slightly adjust. So you have control over your thermostat a little bit, but for the most part, the furnace and the temperature in your house, it kind of works by itself. So the only time really we would adjust our thermostat or we would adjust the way that our thyroid operates is if it's maybe too high or too low. So we can make a few tweaks. You know, an example of this in the house would be like, if you are having a party and there's 30 people in your home, you might want to turn down the temperature a little bit because it might get a little bit uncomfortable. So your thyroid operates the same way. It's responsible for governing your metabolism and hot is going to be fast and cold is going to be slow. Now for your plumbing, your plumbing, we're going to connect it to your stomach, your digestive tract. Technically your plumbing runs separate from your house. So what your digestive system is responsible for is it's going to take everything that you're eating and all of the nutrients. It's also going to look at any free floating hormones, and it's going to break them down into some building blocks for your body to create the hormones that it needs. We need the raw materials in order for things like your brain, your thyroid, your liver, your adrenal gland to be able to actually create these hormones in the first place. So when these nutrients come in, if your plumbing system is really good, then you're going to get those nutrients circling around. What I mean by this system runs a little separately is just like in your house, technically, if you had no heat and you had no power, you could still flush your toilet and go to the washer. It's not ideal. Nobody likes going to the, to the bathroom in the dark. However, it's possible. You can make it work and it functions separately. These are the main systems that really govern your hormones. And this is how they work together to be able to combine in, in output. So your electrical panel, or your brain is going to read how many hormones are coming in and what it needs to make. Your thyroid is in charge for speeding up or slowing down your metabolism, making you run hotter or colder. And your plumbing or your stomach is going to digest whatever nutrients are there and give those building blocks to those other two things. So that's the base function from how your house of hormone works. Now, where do hormone issues come from? So if someone is experiencing um, hormone issues during prenatal or someone's experiencing hormonal issues after postnatal, um, well, hormone issues are really going to come from three areas. They're going to come from not enough power. They're going to come from an improper reading that your system is getting, or it's going to get from a failing system. So from a not enough power perspective, if my electrical panel isn't getting enough juice to put out anything, that's going to be an issue. I'm going to have poor power in my house. I'm going to have flickering lights. I'm going to have things that don't work. So sometimes if your system is really taxed, this is really common with the thyroid. This is really common with your adrenals. Creating a whole baby inside of you, it's really taxing for the body. And if your body's in a state where it's under chronic fatigue already, that might set off a not, a not enough power issue and where someone going through a pre or postnatal cycle 
might then experience they don't have enough hormones for them and for the baby being created. That's one issue. Second is an improper reading. So let's say your electrical panel reads that you make zero electricity, but your electrical panel is actually working. So maybe your meter's not connected right. Maybe something has shifted the way that the meter reads. You know, someone does work outside, hits your electrical panel, doesn't, or, or your meter doesn't tell you. Then the body might now not might not read that that it's either making hormones or it's not, and it's going to put out something different. So this can change because for females, hormones change all the time. They change every time you have a cycle. They change every trimester that's that's happening through your system, and they're going to change postnatal as well. That's a lot of chances for the system to read wrong by a mistake. And the body's going to say, well, this is the reading that I get, so I'm going to output accordingly. And that's where some issues can come from. The third is a failing system. So this is where I would use myself as an example. I had a failing system. I had to have radiation done and I had to have a part of my body removed. Because of that, I am now missing a part of my body that makes those hormones. People have this all the time. Maybe you have a thyroid issue and you've got a portion of your thyroid removed. Maybe you took a really large hit to the head um, through a car accident or, or through sports and your pituitary gland doesn't work as well as it could. That's a failing system. The system is not working right. And in that case, you might need to go see a medical doctor. Or you may need to, uh, to work on stuff with that um, to be able to do those hormones. So what happens when you have those systems? So if, you, if you're having those issues, your body's going to do two things. It's either going to compensate for those hormones, or it's going to try to steal hormones from another working piece of your body. So the way that a body compensates, and your thyroid's pretty good at this, your thyroid likes to help other parts of the body. So if let's say your estrogen is really low or your testosterone is really low, then your thyroid's going to say, well, let me see if I can maybe give you some of my hormones that you can maybe break down again and use to create your own. That's what we call hormone compensation. Or there's hormone theft. So what happens with hormone theft is one of your systems is working really dangerously low. So it just steals hormones for something else. It doesn't even know what happens. It just says, listen, I need it. I'm going to take it. Maybe you won't notice, but eventually over time, that theft becomes an issue. So bodies normally steal when a hormone is a precursor to another. So an example I like to use is progesterone. Progesterone is a precursor to testosterone, estrogen, a handful of other things. So if your estrogen is really low, it's going to steal something that it knows it can make into estrogen. And that is how these things change. From a pregnancy perspective, there's a lot that goes on in hormones through pregnancy. As you can see, especially within those first 13 weeks or that first trimester, your hormones are on the rise. It is preparing for basically being able to create a fetus and being able to support that human being inside of me or, or inside of you guys. So from an estrogen perspective, estrogen increases because that helps improve the formation of blood vessels. So that's going to help transfer nutrients to support developing your baby. Progesterone increases. So that's going to help your uterus grow during pregnancy, and that's going to keep it from contracting. 
So basically, it's going to help make sure that there is a reduced risk for premature birth by keeping that canal as stable as possible. HCG, that's going to help thicken your uterine lining to support a growing embryo. And that's going to tell your body to stop your menstruation cycle. We don't want the baby to grow and then the body starts menstruating and then you lose that fertilized egg. And then of course your lactogen or that human placenta, that's going to help regulate your metabolism. So that's going to help you use fats and carbs more efficient. And that's going to help break down into even more effective nutrients for your baby to start absorbing. So all of these hormones, they're going to start on the rise. They're all on the rise after 13 weeks. The only one that starts decreasing is HCG because at a certain point, the body doesn't have to tell itself to stop menstruating. It realizes that there's a human being inside you, but everything else continues to increase. So as these things continue to grow, there are other side effects that happen with these things increasing. So estrogen is directly stored to someone's metabolism or someone's weight. So you're going to start gaining weight. That's a normal part of this process. Progesterone increasing means you're either going to get higher levels of estrogen or higher levels of testosterone because it needs to be have enough hormones to make for two people. Basically, all of these hormones increase so you can start making hormones for two instead of hormones for one. Now, as you can see here, once you go through pregnancy, you're going to have a point where you have your baby, which is part tuition. You're going to end up having your child. But all of these hormones are still super, super high. They're in the highest that they've ever been after you've had your baby. So it's going to take time. And sometimes it's upwards of six months for your body to regulate those hormones back to normal. And it's going to have up to a six month period where your hormones will shift in waves to continue to reduce and plateau. So this is where a lot of these false readings or a lot of these hormone changes are going to happen for a new mom. So they happen through before someone has their pregnancy. Once someone has their baby, those hormones are going to fluctuate two to three times in an attempt to stabilize itself to make hormones for one. So all of these areas of fluctuation and change, as you can see, some of them are really, really high in terms of fluctuation. This is where a lot of the issues of hormone imbalance can happen. So what are some of the things that I see with hormone imbalance? Well, I see someone still has an increase in body fat. So they gain their baby weight, but they're not able to get the baby weight off. So their body doesn't return to normal like it should. I see a, a decrease in muscle mass or the inability to build muscle because their body is in a uh, fat storage mode and it's not in a muscle building and self-sustaining mode. That results in someone having a decreased metabolism. So metabolism is going to be joint inflammation, digestive issues, daily energy, headaches, that is all from a poor running metabolism. So if your metabolism is running slow or running cold, you're going to have joint inflammation because it can't get rid of the inflammation fast enough. You're going to have digestive issues because it's not fast enough to digest food and break it down. That's going to result in poor daily energy and headaches. Moms are going to experience depression and anxiety possibly. So if they're having high levels of estrogen that's not being managed properly, that's going to result in high levels of a stress hormone called cortisol, 
that'll be responsible for someone's mood. So usually if someone's mood is really inconsistent after their, uh, their pregnancy, um, or, you know, some ladies would call it postpartum blues, that normally comes from a typical high of a hormone like this. They might have poor bone density. And, you know, one thing as well too is, is poor contractions. So that that's one that's, that's during. So there's a lot of areas where having your hormones out of balance is going to end up affecting your system. And these issues you might experience both prenatal during your pregnancy and after your pregnancy, no one is immune to this. Now, if you have stable hormones, the more stable your hormones are, and by that, the gradual incline and slow decline of these hormones back to stabilization, that's what you want. The more stable these changes are, the better your body can process it. So using our example of our house, if your electrical panel, your lights are flickering everywhere, your stove sometimes works, it, it's, it's a hit and miss, it's really hard for you to nail down the problem and understand, well, what can I change? But if your energy increases steadily and then decreases as normal, then you can really predict what's going on and what happens. So these are things that I see all the time um, with, with women as I'm looking to, to balance their hormones. So how do you fix this? How do we look at this from the hormone imbalance perspective? We take a step deeper. So it's not enough to focus on what you're eating from the carbs, your proteins, your fats. This is about looking at micronutrients. What are the vitamins and minerals that are needed for someone to be able to make the hormones they need? So vitamins and minerals are going to be the raw building blocks to create the hormones that you need through your pregnancy. So yes, activity is important. Yes, stress management is important, as well as making sure that you're like getting your sleep and your recovery. I'm sure Stephanie preaches a lot of those things. But ultimately, if you do not have the raw building blocks for these hormones, you're going to end up shortchanging yourself. And that's going to increase the chances of your hormones either having to steal from another hormone or having to just kind of borrow and compensate. So I want to go through some areas of prenatal first, um, and then we'll go through things that you can do postnatal as well too. So from a prenatal perspective, talking about some preconception nutrients. So we've got omega-3, which is your fatty acids, your L-arginine and your, your L-carnitine and your Q10. These are really, really great. So your Q10 basically assists in energy production and utilization within your egg cells. So it helps you optimize the maturation of your baby. So basically, as your baby is forming, Q10 is really great for being able to improve that formation of your child within you. Now, where can we find Q10? Well, we can find them in fatty fish. So things like herring, sardine, mackerels, we can find it in oranges, we can find it in strawberries, pistachios, peanuts, there's great easy ways for you to be able to get Q10. From L-arginine and L-carnitine, these are key to maintaining a healthy female reproductive system, because it stimulates blood flow to your uterus and your other organs. So when you get increased blood flow, you get increased 
nutrient development, and you also get increased fertility and you get increased production within your baby. So the baby can better absorb nutrients. It has a better chance of being able to, uh, to survive and, and build healthily with a minimal amount of, of challenges through the pregnancy. So where can we find stuff like this? So again, wild cut fish is always a, a best resort for these because a lot of these are fat-based. Um, Brazil nuts, coconuts, pumpkin seeds, and sunflower seeds. These are really great being able to basically, you know, if you're having at least like a quarter cup of these a, a day, um, even like one to two small pieces of dark chocolate, the darker, the better, like the 80 proof and above. Um, I personally do not like anything above 90 proof because that's not chocolate anymore. That's just dark. That's too much. But um, you can even find that in, in chocolate too. Um, and the last one is your omega-3, your fatty acids. So this is essentially going to improve your fertility by reducing inflammation and helping the body increase flow to reproductive organs. So this helps basically reduce the risk of premature birth, and it increases the success rate of even things like vitro uh, or in vitro fertilization as well too. So for people not having kind of a traditional pregnancy method, this also can help increase their studies that... Um, show that it helps improve that. Where can we find this? We can find it in avocado, in salmon, in walnuts, soybean, chia seeds, and flax seeds. So a lot of these preconceptive nutrients are find in, uh, found in foods that basically have a higher level of fat content within the body. So for our next ones, essentially we have our preconception minerals. So we have iron, we have zinc, we have calcium and selenium. Yes, there are a ton of other preconception minerals, but these ones have the highest amount of benefits. And these are the ones that I find people or females are traditionally the shortest on. Either they don't intake enough or maybe because of the way their cycle works or maybe heavy blood flow, um, like when um, heavy menstruation, um, they tend to be really, really low on. So let's start with zinc. So zinc is basically assists in maintaining estrogen and progesterone balance. So it helps regular menstruation, as well as it helps mature the eggs and ovaries to transport them through fallopian tubes. So if you're trying to get pregnant, zinc is a good idea for you to be able to intake in your system. So where can we find zinc? Really, zinc is found with high amount of, uh, with things that normally have higher protein sources. So chicken, almonds, cashews, uh, cocoa, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds. This is really great being able to, to implement. Um, a lot of nuts and seeds have zinc in them. From iron, iron is crucial to basically help you transport oxygen and it helps ensure proper egg maturation as well. So ovulation pro problems normally arise from the shortage of iron. Low iron can also make you chronically fatigued and make you feel like you're weak. So women tend to lose iron through bleeding. Men don't have iron issues because we don't have menstruation cycles. So iron is really, really important. So especially because it helps ovulation problems from arising. So it helps the, the eggs stick to your uterine wall so they can better take. For this, you can find it in spinach. You can find it in kale, apricots, beets, figs. Uh, beans, chickpeas, quinoa, oats. This is really great. Best part is you don't need a lot of iron. You just need iron consistently. So 50 to 60 milligrams a day, 
that's what a lot of people need. Um, if for some reason you can't have those things, um, you can also use iron as a supplement as well too. So if you're finding that you're low on iron and you can get a doctor to check that through blood work, um, then they might recommend a supplement for iron as well too. And you can also take a, a supplement for zinc and, and calcium. Um, selenium. So selenium has been found to have antioxidant properties, um, as well as it decreases the risk of chromosomal abnormalities. So this is basically birth defects and miscarriages. Miscarriaging is something that is unfortunately on the rise. Um, me personally, it's always been high, um, but it can help really with that creation of your baby um, to make it a really good quality fetus so the body doesn't see any miscarriage issues. So uh, it doesn't guarantee, but obviously these are things that help promote that. So um, where can you find selenium? Mushrooms, asparagus, broccoli, Salmon, garlic is great for this, uh, turmeric, cumin. Um, so those are spices, uh, banana and mango. So it's really good to, to get um, an amount of selenium. And our last one is calcium. So calcium is great for baby's teeth, baby's hearts, bones, muscles, and the building of nervous system. So proper calcium levels can also protect women from developing hypertension during pregnancy as well. So not only does it benefit the fetus, it benefits as you as the mom by being able to help you with that as well. You can find calcium in a lot of things. So besides traditional things like dairy, um, sesame seeds, chia seeds, almond, herring, bok choy, cheese, these are all great in being able to find calcium. Last one is your iodine. I didn't put it there because it's a, it's a lower one, but iodine is needed for proper thyroid production. Um, basically, this is going to help in the development of a baby's nervous system. So iodine deficiency has been associated with increased rates of infertility. So you want to make sure you're getting your iodine in. Normally, this isn't something that women tend to be low in. If As long as you're cooking with salt and you're having uh, a lot of salt is mixed with iodine, um, then you should be fine with that. From the vitamin perspective, main four from vitamins is going to be your vitamin A, your vitamin E, your B complex, and your vitamin D. Your vitamin B complex, so this is your B3, your B6, your B9, your B12, there's like a million Bs. Uh, they're crucial before and during pregnancy, uh, and that's because they lower the risk of pregnancy complications and birth defects. So as well as they help the formation of the fetal brain, the fetus's brain and your nervous system. So if you want your baby to be super smart, then you want to be taking some Bs. Um, vitamin D. So vitamin D is really important for your ovarian eggs to properly mature. So for them to be able to grow into a, a fetus, that's important. And vitamin A, that's going to aid in tissue repair after your childbirth. So from a preconception standpoint, as you can see, there's a lot of main things. Um, if you guys need this information, I'm more than happy to share the slides as well, too, because I don't expect everyone to memorize every single thing, um, as well as this is recorded so we can drop the, the recording as well, too. Now, depending on people's deficiencies or depending on people's hormone profile, you may need more than another person. So what I always recommend is uh, that you go see a doctor or you get a Dutch test done to check basically 
where these levels are at there it's really easy to check um and then from there um you know you can either work with a specialist myself or work or work with your doctor to be able to really determine what level do you need to be at and what do you need to put in with your food next i want to talk postnatal so growing your baby is all fine and dandy and then you have your baby and then the body needs to now go back to just making hormones and energy for you this is where a lot of people tend to not focus on the prenatal. Everyone is so paranoid about, I want my baby to be the absolute best. I want it to be the healthiest. Uh, and then as moms, you tend to put yourself second and then the post kind of falls off the wagon. So three main nutrients that you really need, especially post pregnancy. And this is what we're going to talk about. Iron, iron rich foods. So it's important to replenish the iron because you're, you could possibly bleed a lot during childbirth. And, and this is something as well. Also, if you're breastfeeding, your iron stores supply your baby with iron for their proper development. So you have to remember if you, if you ladies are planning on, on uh, breastfeeding as well, breastfeeding takes a significant amount of nutrients from you and gives it to the baby. So you, if you're someone who's already low on iron, you might be at a really, really dangerously low level, which iron is so important. All of those foods that are listed in that circle, that's good for iron-based foods, but iron essentially store supply your baby with iron for their proper development and for their better thyroid function as well. So iron for you, for the purpose of making sure that you're having good energy levels, that your iron is consistent, but also if you're planning on breastfeeding iron for the baby too, that's really important. Your vitamin B12. So B12 is required for proper red blood cell development. It helps with energy production and it helps form your DNA. So after you have your baby, B12 tends to be low because you're giving all this B12 to your baby. Um, and it's important that essentially you fuel that B12 back because otherwise you're going to have chronically low energy, low blood cell count um, uh, accounts for possible anemia, possible fatigue that you're having. It can slow down your metabolism. So it's important for you and it's important for your babies if you're breastfeeding because babies with inadequate B12 levels, they're often more irritable. So they tend to be irritable. They tend to be really colicky and they have an increased risk of failure to thrive. So normally what you'll see is an onset of developmental delays. So best sources for this are going to be animal foods. Um, however, um, you can take a B12 supplement if you're a vegan or, or you're doing something that's just a, a vegetarian-based diet. Last one, your DHA, which is basically an omega-3 fatty acid. So this is actually one that's good for both prenatal and for postnatal. So four main sources are going to be there. Basically your nuts. So really any nuts and seeds, but Brazil nuts are going to be a main. Um, flax seeds is really great for this hemp hearts as well. Um, eggs and your salmon. So infants of mothers with high DHA concentration in the breast milk have been shown to have improved brain and vision, de uh, vision development. So even if you're not breastfeeding, there has been research in the role of DHA. It helps enhance mental focus. DHA helps reduce your inflammation and it helps uh, reduce the risk of postpartum depression as well. So for you as a mom afterwards and for the baby, if you're planning on breastfeeding, those are really, really beneficial. So pre and post, 
I'm focusing a lot on vitamins and minerals. Now, it is still important that you exercise regularly. From a, um, a vaginal perspective, doing Kegels or doing Pilates is really important to make sure that you are securing the abdominal wall, both pre-pregnancy up until the third trimester. So then that way your contractions are steady and controlled. Um, and postnatal because you want to make sure that everything that you don't have any urinary continence and you're not struggling with any, you know, unintended peas as I call them, right? You want to make sure that that's stable. Um, that's really important for you to do as well. So activity and movement is still going to be able to help, but these nutrients are really going to help balance the hormonal perspective to make sure that it's stable as possible. Now, there may be some of you who have actual medical issues. Like I said, maybe you're like me, you had a piece of yourself removed, or you have a, a diagnosed thyroid issue. In that case, you might need to be taking a form of medication alongside of this, or your doctor might already be doing that with you. That has to be alongside these nutrients as well, too. So I always recommend that you talk with a doctor if you're on medication to make sure that none of these nutrients are going to affect anything but it's important to take a look at that as well too. I know that that is a bucket ton of information and it's a slew of stuff uh, and you're probably gonna have any questions. So at this point, any questions that you have, feel free to ask. So you can either drop it in the chat um, or if you're comfortable, like pop on camera, come off of, uh, off of mute and, uh, and you can answer the questions as well too. So this is really where you can, uh, you know, maybe get some individual support or some, some insight on yourself. Um, I've also left up my information up there as well too. Um, if you scan that QR code, I do an awesome podcast called the hormone helper podcast. It talks everything, hormones, everything, female lifestyle as well too. Um, if you guys want to listen in, you can join there, uh, as well as there's information there in terms of what we call our hormone reboot program, which is where we work with a lot of the, the moms as well, too. So feel free to scan that. Or if you're listening on your phone, um, the link to that will take you to the same place. So you can drop that link um, there. You're the one that says the slash fit for all fitness Inc. That will take you to the same place as the, as the QR code. There's one question. Um, oh, Amelia is asking, is it possible to have too much of one nutrient? And if so, which ones should be aware of? Yes, that is a great question, Amelia. So there's two things to that. It's possible to have too much of one nutrient, and it is also possible to have nutrients conflict with each other. And this is why it's so important that you understand how to eat for your body type and your hormones. Um, so you can have too much zinc. So zinc helping estrogen and helping progesterone too much zinc, uh, results in black stools and it can result in severe constipation. And that's not going to be good for you as well as it can actually stunt or pause, put a pause on the way that it perfects your, uh, works helps with your progesterone. So that's important. Um, I always tell people you should be taking no more than 50 milligrams of zinc. Anything more than that is not needed unless you have a medical condition and your doctor specifically telling you to do that. Um, for the most part, 
Anything above 50 is not needed. Same thing with iron. So too much iron, when you consume too much iron, iron acts like a magnet with other things. So I'm not saying it's going to stick to things inside your stomach, but what it does is it tends to pull nutrients to it. So it might pull magnesium, it might pull calcium to it, and that can help potentially build up the possibility of kidney stones, um, or you're going to end up having um, over iron, in which case you're going to have stool issues as well too. So you'll have excess diarrhea, your stomach will be severely upset. You might feel like you, you almost vomiting, like you need to throw up. Um, again, iron is something while different for everyone, you do not need more than 50 or 60 milligrams of that. So that's typically like, even if you were to take like a female multivitamin Amelia, you'll find that it's at like 15 milligrams, 20 milligrams. The dose is low or the amount is low because you just need enough. The fortunate thing with nutrients is, is you can tell, like, just like if you take a multivitamin and you pee and you're like, why is that pee highlighter yellow? Your body will get rid of the excess nutrients that it doesn't need. So what you really need is just the bare minimum. You need enough for you and enough for the baby. You don't want stuff in excess. So those are the two main ones that I like to tell people to, to be aware of, um, of, of having the, the too much. Um, in terms of the nutrients, so um, iron tends to bind to other nutrients. So if you're going to have it like as a supplement, have it kind of away from other food items. So people might, might maybe eat first, wait half an hour and then have it. That way you're getting the most effective as possible. So hopefully that answers your question, Amelia. I have a question as okay. well. Um, yes. From what I, you know, many of our clients where we attend the birth and then we see them postpartum, most of the time they're doing okay with the hormones. Of course, then we have the birth and everything gets a little bit imbalanced. And there's from doulas, from even doctors, there's these generalized home, uh, generalized nutritional advice, which is basically what you were saying, right? Um, you know, like salmon, walnuts, because those fat goes into the breast milk. So salmon, avocado, walnuts. If someone has a baby who doesn't grow so well, where we're like, hey, we need to like, you know, gain some more ounces. Then those three things that if the mother is eating more of those every day, that can really help to increase fat content and breast milk. But um, if their hormones are balanced out, is it some, you know, is it always a good thing to do all these nutrients that we were just recommending or do you actually recommend people should get checked after birth like at their six-week checkup with the obstetrician should they ask that they note if they have issues for example falling asleep or if they're still not stable um, emotionally is that something what, how do you work with your clients, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I always recommend that people get checked. You mm -hmm. should get checked right after your pregnancy because you want to make sure that your the reading system, your electrical panel is reading right because sometimes it might not be. It might be creating still too much of one hormone, still too much of an imbalance because Pregnancy, like while I tried to make it super simple, it's really complicated. And the body isn't reading your hormones in the moment. It's reading your hormones two to three days prior. So it's looking at what it's done in the past to determine what hormones it needs to make for the future. So 
It might not always revert back to normal. I always recommend that everyone gets tested afterwards, especially if you're experiencing those symptoms that I kind of listed in, in that column. It's really important for them to take a look at. In terms of these nutrients, these nutrients from a pre and postnatal perspective, the body is going to use what it needs and then it's going to excrete the rest. So as long as you're not overdosing on these nutrients, these nutrients are not going to be harmful for you whatsoever. You're going to have upwards of six months before your hormones balance out to normal. Um, normally through our process, people normally see within 12 to 16 weeks, their, their hormones are stabilized. So during that time, taking these nutrients consistently is a great idea, regardless of whether you're breastfeeding or not, because they're going to help with you. And that includes the prenatal ones as well too. So keeping those consistent through your routine, you don't have to have each one every day, but what I recommend is, is if you have a healthy balanced diet and you're cycling these foods two to three times a week, then you're going to have more than enough because the body will store a little bit, um, just to make sure that it has some in the event of. Hmm. Excellent. Um, oh, I see there's a question from... Uh, Genesis. So, uh, do you recommend any specific multivitamins or supplements along with eating necessary nutrients? I feel like my prenatals help significantly. And now that I'm eight months postpartum, it's sometimes difficult to get all the nutrients in. Um, so, uh, I have a love hate relationship with supplements. Um, I, I do believe that supplements have a place. Um, however, I do feel that people misuse what supplements are for. So su the word supplement means in addition to, not in replacement of. Mm -hmm. So the only time that I would use a supplement is one, if I cannot put it into someone's food. So if someone has a dietary restriction, an allergy, or maybe they're like a um, vegan or vegetarian, and it is impossible for me to get the amount needed with food, then I recommend as a supplement. So one, I always ask myself, can I get it through food? Because if I can, one, it'll be cheaper for you because it's just with food. And two, it'll be more consistent for you to have it into your lifestyle because it's with food. So can I get it in with food? The second thing is based off of someone's hormonal profile, is someone in an extreme low or an extreme high, in which case I have to counteract that nutrient. So if someone has extremely low iron, I'm not going to wait five weeks for someone to intake enough iron. I have to put them on an iron supplement. So supplements are not bad. And if you're finding it's difficult to get all of the nutrients in, you can supplement. There is a really good, uh, and you know, for those of you who ha who have questions and stuff, you can uh, the, take the link down. The link has my my email in there, uh, or you can even, you know, Stephanie will will uh, might have some options as well too. Um, if you're struggling, there are some good options of, of female multivitamins um, or prenatal vitamins that are good quality and have the basics kind of covered for these nutrients in, in minimal doses. But if possible, try to get it through food because you can't be on a supplement forever. And that's kind of my third thing. The supplement at some point, you have to stop taking it. So unlike medication, supplements are not meant to be in your routine for life. So if you stop the supplement, does that mean you're going to be deficient of that nutrient now? 
So if possible, I like to be able to build it through someone's food in a way where they can keep it sustainably. It's in their routine. They might only have to eat like, for example, iron, few foods a couple times a week and their levels are stable. What do you so, think about the supplement advertisement where they say, well, you do need those supplements because food just doesn't have the same vitamins anymore and minerals that they used to have just because of things are more processed, right? It, it just doesn't have it versus 30 years ago. That's what we hear, right? Many clients approach us because they're like, well, apparently the it just doesn't have the same nutrients. Do you believe that, would you say? Or what's so your experience? That, that is a fantastic question. Yes, nutrients have degraded uh, uh, significantly as well as your hormone panels degraded significantly. So unfortunately, our Western way of eating and the way that we eat now has done a lot of damage on our hormone panel and it's done a lot of damage to our food sources. So while I do agree that the food sources are lower, it really depends on the quality of food that you buy. So mm -hmm. if you're the kind of person that's buying organic food, look, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I literally have an organic food market like two blocks from my home. So everything is local from the farmer. I know where it's grown. I know what stuff is being, uh, uh, like how they're feeding their animals and, and everything is grass fed and grass finished. So in terms of the nutrient content, I'm getting as high as I absolute can be. That being said, there are still things for my condition that I have no choice but to supplement with. Every person is going to be different. So if you can buy as good quality food as, as possible, um, if you cannot buy high quality food, maybe it's not accessible to you in the area, maybe it's incredibly ex uh, expensive, then you might need to be on, you know, a, a multivitamin, but cycle that vitamin. So fresh, right. Even if it's not organic, but if it's fresh, then that helps too, from what I understand. Correct. Yes, absolutely. So that is the, the best way that, um, like if you can buy it fresh, not frozen, if you have the ability to make sure that you're, you're knowing where the food is coming from, it's, it's so important, but otherwise, I mean, if you cannot control where you're getting your food from, then you can still like cycle on and off a supplement. The, the long-term issue with being on supplementation um, or by, well, like, uh, like Jay says, absolutely. So the, the issue with having supplementation permanent is the body becomes accustomed to getting it without having to break it down. So you're plumbing, right? If you put CLR, I, I don't, do they have CLR in this, in the States? I'm from Canada. So maybe I don't know. They're, they're, There's cleaners. Okay. So if you put a cleaner, if you put like a Drano cleaner in your sink all the time, every time, week after week, and you continue to put Drano, of course, your pipes are going to be incredibly clean, but the system wasn't designed to have that there all the time. The system needs to work without that stuff. And if your body can't work without the supplements, you need to address that first. And then you can worry about cycling the supplements on and off. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Great questions. I like it. And I, and I approve of buying things wild. If you can do that, that is fantastic. So yes, excellent. Um, any other questions? Um, or even if it's for, for things like going through personal situations, um, I am open and game.
Or even Stephanie, anything that you want to add to this? Like a, one thing as well, which which I hope you you're all utilizing um, Stephanie as as a resource. Having a a team as a part of your pregnancy is really important um, because. Well, one, we're not wild animals. We can use the support. Like we have the accessibility to it. Um, plus as well too, there's hormones and even your pregnancy, everything is going to go right until it doesn't. And when something doesn't go right, it's better to already have a team, a system, a process, people to reach out to and communicate with um, instead of now you're experiencing symptoms and issues, and then you're scrambling to find people like Stephanie or, or reaching out to your doctor. Having someone already as a part of the process is, is incredible. So I have huge, um, huge, uh, I, I, I'm in awe. Admiration. Really, of what, yeah, I, absolutely. Of what Stephanie does, because I, I could not do that. Um, me, I know the hormone side, but Hormones don't like move and have arms and like, you know, like a, dealing with the actual baby part of it. Um, she is, is a godsend. So that helps. So Yeah. And, you know, a big part is really it, it is that which is why we offer <clears throat> different workshops on <clears throat> different topics, whether it's like baby sleep or, you know, nutrition, because the better you feel already during your pregnancy or early after birth the more likely the upcoming months will be right. So in your pregnancy, knowing that you feel very weird and off and depressed, that shouldn't be the case, right? So then we look at what is it? Is it physically? Is it mentally? Where is it coming from? How can we balance it out? Because we know we have this big day, which is the birth. The better you feel during your pregnancy, the more likely you will have a good birth experience. And if you have a good birth experience, postpartum will go much easier, right? We cannot control everything. We can't control how your baby will be and not always the position and if you need an induction or not, but then we can control a lot of things around that. And that's a big part. And especially if you did feel um, that you're just not yourself like a month after birth latest, that's something that should get addressed, right? Because if your hormones are balanced, if you're doing things nutritionally, you are feeling better mentally. The big part for many really is the weight, right? Which is what we wrote because it's like, hey, I feel I'm kind of going back to normal. My body feels myself again. I feel how I felt before. And then you feel better about yourself physically, which then makes you feel better about yourself emotionally and mentally. But sometimes none of that happens. You're off mentally and emotionally and you're just, everything is a duty. Yeah. And if if that's the case, then of course, you, you don't necessarily eat well because we do need those muffins <laughs> to kind of, you know, three o'clock in the morning, baby feeding. I need to eat too. So it and that's a big part, right? So then we want to look at what the first four weeks, it's perfectly normal, whatever happens. But after four weeks, you would you will need to see a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Like we want to look back and be like, hey, okay, we're feeling better now. We're feeling, you know, I, I think I've got it slowly. Yeah, the first month, of course, the hormones are crazy, but they do need to balance. And so if you're not feeling yourself, if you're holding on to a lot of pounds, um, just, yeah, reach out to us, mainly really Andrew, your OB, to just get some testings, for example, and also look at sometimes what is it? Is it a daily schedule? Then it's more the lactation consultant to look at how do we, when do we feed the baby, right? Or is it more, I'm not feeling well physically. And then of course it's more hormones and postpartum regression of the uterus and all that. So there's, as I said, it's, it is a very big puzzle that happens. 
and uh, there's a lot of shift, but at the same time in this field, there's a million of specialists, right? So there's yeah. no, no area in your life, except when you buy a house <laughs> where there's more specialists involved uh, than pregnancy and birth and postpartum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. there's so much change in your life and because there's a lot of help that you can get to feel okay. It should be a time that's actually rewarding and very um, emotional in a good way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and the key thing when it comes to, especially the weight as well, is all weight is, is just storage. It's energy storage. And you have to ask why, why is the body still storing? Even after the baby is, is, has left and you have the baby, why is that weight still being stored on your body? It's because the body thinks it needs it. And that is a great indicator that something is not the way that it should be because your body should, after you've had your child say to itself, I I no longer need this weight for two and, and be able to do that. So especially as you, as you breastfeed as well, because breastfeeding takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of nutrients. You should see your weight regress. If you don't, that could be an indicator as well. So that's an important thing. Um, Oh, sorry, Jay. I saw that you had a, another. So does alkalinity affect hormone balance? Um, alkalinity, this buzzword, this buzzword of your pH level. Um, short answer, no. Uh, in terms of alkalinity, a lot of people are focusing on their total body acidity level. Um, the thing is, is your your stomach has to be naturally as a little bit acidic for you to be able to digest and process nutrients. You don't want to be like a hundred percent base ever. Um, and the things that you consume that are base in level um, are going to become a little acidic once they hit your stomach, anyways. So uh, unless you're having issues specifically related to uh, to alkalinity, like um, you're having acid issues in your stomach, acid reflux, constant heartburn, um, you might have, um, you know, possible ulcers, or maybe even colitis where your stomach is always um, uh, not, not good, or you're even having um, stool issues where food's not digesting in, in your stool, then I would consider something like that. But from a hormone perspective, it doesn't. Um, and nine times out of 10, people don't really have alkalinity issues as long as they're eating a balanced diet. So hopefully that helps. Thank you so much, Andrew. Super no worries. Helpful. Very, um, uh, I think a good, good balance of a pregnancy and postpartum since we don't know who, who, where everyone is in their pregnancy yes. <laughs> and postpartum stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope you all got something out of this and learned a little bit and can increase your kale and salmon. I certainly will. <laughs> non-pregnant, non-postpartum. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we know it's, it's good for us in general. So. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, uh, you having me as a, as a part of this process and, and sharing a little bit of, of light, but um, it's, it's something it's, it's really about awareness. So, you know, just like Stephanie preaches, uh, preaches awareness and, and helps with that education piece as well, too. Um, the, the more you understand about how your body works, the more in tune you become. And that's the best part about it is, is being able to look at it and say, I actually know what this means. I understand what's happening to me. Um, there's a level of safety in that and, and consistency 
agency, and then it allows you to to do that. So so don't hesitate to reach out to to either of us, and uh, we both appreciate uh, all of you hopping on for our uh, our little talk today. Uh, and if you guys want the uh, the replay, uh, make sure you send a, a message to to Stephanie, and she can send it to you, so we have it recorded because uh, obviously there's a lot of info on there. Uh, and uh, and thank you. Thank you very much. Good seeing everyone. Awesome. Bye. Yes, nice seeing all of you. Well, it seems I'm all out of info juice for today. That's all for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a raving review for me if you've learned something good and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you're in the mood for some more great content and tools to get your hormones on track, why not check out our free Facebook group and the blog on our site? We do amazing weekly trainings in our group that me and my wife call Tea and Teachings that give good tips for anything hormones and metabolism related. It's also a great community where you get to share your goals and success with like-minded people just like you. I'll make sure to drop both the Facebook group link and the blog link in the show notes for you. Or if you're ambitious like me, the name of the group is Weight Loss and Balanced Hormones. Uh, it'll say fit for all beside it with a picture of me. So come and join us and have more fun.